0: Welcome to the Austin Art Talk Podcast. My name is Scott David Gordon, your host. I'm a photographer who has lived most of my life in Austin, and I really love the art community here. When I was trying to figure out what I could do to give back and maybe help that community, I decided to start interviewing the creative people I know and share those conversations in a way that anyone can listen in and hopefully find some value in the lives, careers, and passions of those around them. I'm so grateful to be able to do this, and I'm thankful to everyone who has already been a guest. I'm really looking forward to the coming year and all the people I will meet and interview and get to spend time with. You just might be one of those people. Every January and February for the last five years, Austinites have had the opportunity to attend a month-long celebration and exploration of the art of printmaking called Print Austin. There will be at least 60 events starting in the middle of January that include artist talks, exhibitions, special events, workshops, and printing demonstrations. The two women we have to thank the most for this are the founders, Kathy Savage and Elvia Perrin. This interview delves into both of their backgrounds in art, how they met and decided to start this wonderful event, and many of the things that will be happening this year. And if you want to volunteer, don't hesitate to contact them. I'm sure they would appreciate the help. Please enjoy this conversation with Kathy and Elvia. Okay, you two, welcome to my podcast. I'm here with Kathy Savage and Elvia Perrin. And you guys are the founders of Print Austin. Yes, sir. (laughs) Which is coming up from January 15th to February 15th.
1: We are. We're celebrating our fifth anniversary this year.
0: So I guess i have just... Would like to know more about each one of you, because I don't feel like I do know about your history and art. So maybe each one of you could tell me a little bit about that.
1: Do you want to go first? You can go. And so this
0: is
2: Kathy. <laughs> uh, well, I have an art degree. And then I, <laughs> I kind of I, I didn't really I did graphic design after my um, after I got out of college. And I fell into high tech after I moved to Austin and I started doing high tech recruiting. And oh. I did that for a while, about seven years, and then I met my husband and we were talking about starting a family and I you know I was just no longer liked recruiting, and this was just before the crash of two thousand happened mm-hmm. and so I got out at a good time, and I thought to myself gosh what what do I want to do for this?" What do I want to do for this year before we try and start having a family? And I was like, you know, I need to go back to what I loved doing, and that was printmaking. And so I took some refresher courses at ACC, which, by the way, is a great place to, if you're interested in taking some classes, because they have, it's affordable and they have, you know, studio hours that you can take advantage of. And as soon as I started taking that class, I knew that that's where I needed to be. That was, yeah. So in 2000, that's what I started doing printmaking again. And then I guess when Canopy opened, mm-hmm. I, I signed on. I was thinking, you know, I think I need to be more serious about this and I'd like to have a studio. And so that's kind of. And be my around other art. people yeah.
0: that are doing art. Okay. So I'm wondering though, even. You said you studied art in college. I did. And what about even before that? Like, did you grow up with art? Did you. Was it around oh. your family, or where, I mean, when did you st- first start thinking about art as like something you could do?
2: Oh well, I guess I've always, you know, have been interested in drawing and doing creative things. I know I did a lot of sewing and making my own clothes when I was in high school, and I I did take some classes in art in high school, but I just um, I don't know they, they weren't really my thing necessarily. So mm-hmm. I took like maybe one. Class, I didn't really feel like, feel like I fit in with the people that were taking the classes there. Um, I just moved to this high school, so that was part yeah. of the part of the problem. Yeah, but yeah, I've always just kind of been creative. And then when I went to college, you know, the first two years, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and I was taking art classes. My the thing is, my dad was not in favor of me doing anything other than. Finance, or accounting, or okay. business, Reasonably. and so, <laughs> and so I didn't have his encouragement, but my mom has always been behind me, uh, been you know encouraging me creatively, creatively. So, um, yeah, so I kind of I kind of did it, but without the consent of my dad. Mm, yeah, and uh, and so it took a while for me to finally say, you know, I've I've got to do this. Yeah. So and then. But I kept on hearing in the back of my mind, Oh, you're oh from my you know, and from my dad, you know, you're not gonna be able to make a living. Yeah. How are you gonna do this? You may want to consider all heard that gra- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of why I started studying graphic design, even though I was taking printmaking oh, classes
0: yeah.
2: at FSU, which was a great they have a great printmaking program. So it was I don't know, it was uh it's it seemed like a compromise to do graphic design and I you know, and I you know, I did like it. But this was back in the day when we were still doing paste up.
0: Mm, mm-hmm.
2: For those of you that remember that, <laughs> and they Tell were just about that real quick. Yeah, well, they were just kind of getting into computers, at least at the company I was working for, University Publications of America.
0: Wow. Mm.
2: So and yeah, we were. Yeah, they had. I guess PageMaker was <laughs> the only program really available back then. So
0: something like cork or something. Well,
2: that was later. <laughs> yeah, that was an improvement. So
0: yeah, but you, I guess, in college though, you were kind of drawn to printmaking. That's the thing that
1: you enjoyed. Oh, the most.
2: printmaking is so fun, and you know, usually printmaking departments are in the basement. I don't know why that is, but printmakers are really amazing people.
1: It's the weight of the press.
2: They all hang out together. You yeah. know, you're you're hanging out around a press. You're. Um, You're talking to each other. You're showing off your work. You're—it's just so much different than painting, which to me seems like a solitary, yeah, and you know, endeavor. But with printmaking, you're around other people, and it's—I don't know—it was such a great environment. I loved it.
0: And it feels almost more towards collaborative than solo.
2: Oh, absolutely. Printmakers are very open to discussing their techniques. And if you see somebody's work and you're like, "Oh, wow! I really—how did you do that?" They will tell you everything. Mm -hmm. and they love the thing is we're you know we're the nerds I guess of the art world we like talking about how we did something you know it's an exciting thing yeah so
0: so the last 17 years then you've been printmaking what tell me about all the different types of things you've done and tried
2: oh okay well I at ACC right as I I got turned on to colligraphs is where you do a collage on top of your matrix and I that was the first time I had ever heard of them, really. I'd only been doing lithography in college, and so that was a new and exciting thing for me, even though it was, it was popular in the 70s, and then it kind of went away, and anyway, mm-hmm. it's kind of come back again, and I got really turned on to that, and I was printing. I printed at Flatbed for a while. They had like a, a night where they would allow people to come in and print, and then I had a subscription at Slugfest, which was a great way for me to have a regular practice because you're paying a fee and you, you know, it's like having a gym membership Yeah, <laughs> you kind of have to go. And then WPA opened a studio here at Canopy. So that was very convenient for me. Um, I loved the convenience of that. And unfortunately their studio is closed. And so now I am painting. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's been kind of fun just because it's different, but, um, you know, I've got to figure out, I've got to figure out a way to get back to doing printmaking.
0: Yeah. Okay, what about you, Elvia? Same question. You can go back as far as you want, or
1: um well, let's see. I feel like I've always been an artist. My mom was a ceramist, and i've I just always helped her in um in her shop mm-hmm. and so even as a little kid, I started making molds and just helped her paint her artwork and um I really never thought of it as fine art. It was just something that we did every day, and it really just cultivated my love for art. So um, museums were not exactly close by. I grew up in a town, Rosenberg, Texas, which is in the middle of nowhere. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I taught myself how to draw from like skateboard magazines, Thrasher... I would oh, just wow. copy everything uh, that I could until I was as good as the artist in the magazines. And
3: oh, so, wow. That's <laughs> um, really cool. So
1: that's how I learned how to draw. And then I went to UT undergrad and saw my first etching on the wall. And that was just a freak mm. out where you could still make multiples but draw. And so it kind of carried on that love of ceramics and multiplicity, um, but kept in line with drawing. And so I did undergrad there. Um, master's degree at u n t in denton um and then it was weird. I was having my m f a show when we did a collaboration with um dan Rizzi and flatbed and so i was at you know doing my graduate work my grad show was up and um I was working as an assistant for print, which was um helping a master printer um create work. And that's when Flatbed and Dan Rizzi came and just happened to do a collaboration with our school. Hmm. And that's when Catherine Brimberry saw my MFA show and got to work with me that week and hired me on the spot to be the next printmaker at Flatbed. Hmm. And so I had a job that first week I graduated from grad school Wow! to be her printer um, because Robert Brown was leaving. So, it was all serendipitous that I went from undergrad, graduate school, and then became a printer at Flatbed for about seven years.
0: Oh, wow. And when did the two of you meet? At Flatbed. At Flatbed.
1: Yeah, I remember them coming in. The WPA would come in and um, print like once or twice a, a week and uh, get to hear weird stories <laughs> while I was <laughs> just Oh, shooting. yeah. I was like, oh. Weird Brilliant stories about blue. what? <laughs> well, it was social for us, too. Very oh, okay. social. Like, that was the fun part, because I was, I was printing, and I was, you know, auditioning, but when really they were coming, yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> These are <crowd> ladies. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's how Kathy and I met. Um, and then, I think Catherine Brimberry asked Kathy to, you know, model Print Austin after Print Houston.
3: Oh, okay. Um yeah.
2: Well you, you you missed your whole teaching. Do you wanna talk
1: about how you are a teacher? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um I could. I've been teaching for about um fifteen years. I started in uh, graduate school. Um I in coordination um in conjunction with printing at Flatbed I also started teaching at texas state um i've done southwestern i teach printmaking drawing and now i'm a full-time lecturer at uh, texas state for the past i've taught there about um a decade Um, Uh (laughs) and the last three years i've um printmaking has sort of geared towards you know millennials and screen printing and fast and colorful and in the last three years um Jeff Dell and I had been working towards bringing back lithography, which had been gone for 10 years. Mm. Nobody had printed lithos um, in that shop. They still had the stones, but maybe um, just the ability to do it was gone. And so I kind of just have been sparking that interest again by creating a print two class that's geared towards lithography and etching and... um, It's been great. Like students have been receptive towards it, not just this, you know, fast, you know, uh, screen screen printing, but um, getting back to the basics of drawing on stone, which has been a Mm. pretty great experience for me.
0: Yeah, tell me about that process just quickly. Yeah, for anyone. Um, Well, at UT, I studied
1: under Ken Hill, which was he's a master of lithography, and um, it's hard because you are drawing with crayon on stone um it is the closest to drawing that you can get um to any sort of printmaking process it's etched with uh, nitric acid and so Mm. it actually becomes once you put the nitric over uh the crayon or any sort of greasy material um the greasy material gets attracted to the ink and then the um stone because becomes water loving and so you're able to sort of um Put a barrier of water and then roll up ink to where your image is and then print it onto paper. And that's the way the original marriage licenses were done. Oh, wow. And you'll see like old stones in the antique stores with, you know, documents from um, different uh, government agencies because that's before computers, before Xerox machines. That's how um, things were printed.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Is that it? Yeah. Well, I'm (laughs) glad you covered that because Elvia is very connected. Yeah, And it has been one of the reasons why Print Austin has been so successful because uh-huh. of her connection with the print community. And just, you know, she's has her finger on the pulse of everything that's going on, knows a lot of people. and But Kathy is more
1: down home. You have a connection to people locally. You have a great sort of sense of uh, that one-on-one connection. So I like big picture stuff. I do like sort of, you know, putting my hands in, in sort of you know, the printmaking world, but Kathy's great at being local and sort of getting everybody excited here. <laughs> okay. So we have a good, you know, it's a good team. Yeah, it is Cause, a good team. Because
0: you're down in San Marcos more. I what, do. teaching.
1: I teach, I teach, yes, I teach full-time there, but I live here. So, okay. Um, but it's great being connected to academia just because, um, you know, there's a university and every every couple of miles and so we're kind of connected through students and then they go off and they sort of spread the word and then they always come back mm. um, i have a few interns like our admin who's working for us now is an old infer- intern one uh, garcia who has um, my intern at flatbed and now has come back to help us with a few things um, dur- you know during this prenost and so um, and then for our contemporary print show too, it's it's funny to see ex students um, that have been accepted and you kind of see the print world going outside of um, Austin, Texas.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But the genesis of this was Catherine's suggestion that you guys model something after Print Houston,
2: right? Yes, and, and then- she can she. Oh, the only reason she contacted me was because I was connected with WPA, mm-hmm. thinking mm-hmm. that this was something that WPA could do. Yeah. And, um, and so I kind of put the word out, mm. Elvia was the one true person that said, <laughs> the only crazy person." She, she was like, Oh, I think I'd be interested in that. And, and so we did it, we did it. And we had the help of WPA financially because they, yeah. they, you know, there's a lot of money that goes out initially. We don't have any money yet coming in. And so... In that regard, that first year, they helped us. Oh, nice. you know with that. but um, we split off, and we were like, "We need this is our own thing. I mean, it was just really the two of us doing it. Yeah.
1: And we wanted it to be ours. So um, yeah. We wanted to be inclusive. We didn't want that. We wanted our own messaging, we wanted our own brand. Um, and I think that was important to sort of have our own voice as far as, you know, not just women, but everybody being included in our vision for printmaking and our voice for um, bringing this event to Austin.
2: And that's, uh, Elvia has a robust Etsy site. Oh. so She was great. And, like, she was like, this is our brand. This is how we're going to do it. This is our <laughs> message. You know, I was more goosey goosey But she was... Oh, no, this is, this is what you we're doing. You can't say that. We <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is great, because I think it's so true. The reason why Austin has really taken off and we've had so much success is because we had, a, you know, we, we had, a, or Elvia had a purpose at the beginning that we both, you know, we both got behind, but yeah. she was directing how we were going to do it, which is, you know, great. And this was like five all, years ago. Yeah, it's five years ago. And
0: what did I mean, it look like then? And how has it changed over the years or grown?
1: I think our message has been pretty consistent. We really just, you know, want to collaborate with the city, with galleries, um, to promote more printmaking, whether through events or talks or through demonstrations. I think when, you know, we started this thing, not a lot of galleries were showing prints. Mm. Because, you know, the price of paintings, the price of sculptures, um, it's difficult for a gallery to commit to showing prints because of the... Um, the lower price point mm-hmm. and so um, that first year I mean we went out and just talked to people directly I remember having little packets and we just kind of introduced ourselves to oh. everybody um cold calling in person um it, galleries were so sweet and so receptive and warm I think that was the most surprising thing that first year that <clears throat> they wanted to be involved maybe didn't know how to um but I think that was the beginning of relationships with galleries. um, Just getting to know us and you know our mission.
0: And but you had to convince them in in a way to start showing more prints or considering prints as an option.
2: Yeah, Yeah. some of them didn't really know anything about printmaking. Hmm. Right, is the thing because you know it's a technical art form, Mm -hmm. and you know I I know that Elvia was telling you about lithography, but. Oftentimes when I'm at a dinner party and someone says, well, tell me what it is that you do, and I start, I'm like, do you really, do you want the short answer? <laughs> because I've seen people's eyes glaze over. Yeah. Uh, you know, the things that excite me about printmaking are the technical mm-hmm. things about ah. it. And and I think probably a lot of gallery owners have heard of printmaking, but they're not even quite sure. Like, what's the difference between an etching or a litho? Or, I mean, I guess the woodcut, mm-hmm. they can kind of get that, but... It
0: um, seems like they might be interested in it just because it does more often than not offer a price point that's a little more accessible to beginning Mm. collectors
1: it's true Uh,
2: yes but then they have to explain it to people i mean i've had people i remember at a wedding once someone asked me what i did and i was like oh my printmaker and she so i told her a little bit about that and she goes oh is that a new art form Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> that's crazy. Well, and I said yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> I created it.
0: <laughs> well to actually that might be a good point to could either one of you speak to maybe like the history of printmaking at all? I know that's a big subject, but just like <laughs> I'll
2: let you take that <laughs> one. Oh, my it
0: doesn't need to be like an hour long lecture or anything, but it's been thousands of years, right? Yes, yeah, so it's
1: been thousands of years, I think. Uh well etching was You know, invented in the 1400s. It was originally goldsmiths were making armor, and then it became an an etching form, and it wasn't very popular until uh, paper was invented. Uh, Lithography in the 1790s. Um, Then we got into uh, screen printing, I think, in the the 20th century. Mm -hmm. Um, So this... And you can see like the original um the evolution of printmaking where it's just in woodcuts, which you know were at the beginning, but there's constantly new and exciting things happening. so yes, we have a foot in tradition and we're still making etchings and lithography, but now we've sort of uh, shifted into combining photographic processes and you know now we have solar plates that have been um, integrated into etching, which are you know, you shoot a photograph, you etch it onto a plate with water and the sun, and mm. so, and it prints like an etching. So there's constant evolution oh, wow. of old processes, um, but still staying within the the idea of the original multiple, which is hard for some people to, um, you know, understand that we print each one by hand, so they're not being um, you know, coming out of a computer or a printer, yeah. that each one is is uh, slightly different, but they're still um, still an addition or uh, created by that artist by hand. Yeah, it's
0: kind of like I mean, since I'm a photographer, I think about you know when people used to make prints in the dark room and they're mm-hmm. dodging and burn, oh, yeah. burning. Like every one of them is going to be different. Have it is a lot.
1: Yeah, have you done solar plate? No. Okay, no, you,
3: I, you need really to. I <laughs> I was like, that's my you that's my main it. medium
2: right now. It's like. <laughs>
1: That's exciting. I really want to try that now yeah. It's nice. I have an exposure unit at my studio and yeah at first I was exposing in the sun and then finally we found a little exposure unit and um, it's so consistent and it's so nice that you can do drawings, you can use photographs and it um, you expose expose it through exposure unit or sun and then it there's no etching process. Um, once it's exposed, you wash it out in the sink and then um, you harden it in the sun again. And it's beautiful. It prints. Um, you're able to take that plate and sort of play with it, whether you want it to be a photograph or as a layering piece in a collage. Or It's just really nice to have that as, a, as an element of art. Just, you know, it's exciting.
0: It just seems like there's so many possibilities. There's so many variations. And like you're mm-hmm. saying, there's new things are being developed or revived. It seems like for a creative person, it would be really just uh, amazing to explore to your heart's content any kind of any direction you want to go
1: i think the the idea of just research i love the idea of looking at you know demonstrations workshops constantly learning even if you've you know you've done this your whole life it's nice to take a workshop from somebody else like you know at flatbed or i think the contemporary austin uh, at lagoon is having Workshops. it's nice to work with other artists or um, instructors because you'll always learn something different mm. or a new way of doing something, which I think is always exciting.
0: Yeah, it's just like a really deep subject.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, uh, Everybody learns different ways of doing that. I think that's the main thing I've learned in working in so many professional studios is that everyone does things quite a little bit different, so it's kind of neat to sort of Uh, learn a new way of doing something that you thought you've known your whole life.
0: And I guess that's why, I guess, printmakers, like you were saying, Kathy, are more apt to share what they're doing because everyone is really going to end up doing something a little different. It's not like everyone's just going to copy each other.
2: That's true. You're right, Mm. that's true. One thing that's great about Pranacin is all the things that you were just talking about, Elvia, are all happening during Pranacin. I mean, we have workshops, we have a print Mm. expo where we have artists from all over coming and showing their work and so that's a great time to meet those artists yeah. look mm-hmm. at their work and say oh you know tell me more about this piece <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh
0: yeah it seems like if you were interested in getting into printmaking you could in that one month probably expose yourself to dozens and dozens crazy of sure. I know oh, sure.
1: a couple years ago I took that letterpress class because I'd never taken it with a punch press and I was like oh yeah it was awesome it was something that you know I don't want to own all that those letters, but it was so nice to sort of, you know, have that accessibility to that studio and just know I could for a couple of weekends, you know, make some prints with letterpress. I love that class.
0: Is it true that Austin's becoming known somewhat as a printmaking hub? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, <laughs> is that I, well, because of you two? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, before Print Austin, it actually was a printmaking hub. Oh, really? But nobody yeah. knew it. I know. Is oh. the thing. And I think Print Austin has definitely highlighted that to other people because UT had a robust printmaking yeah. department ACC, uh, flat- Flatbed, Slugfest. Mm-hmm. But the only thing is, they were not being shown in galleries, which was a pity. Mm. So I think Print Austin has definitely changed that. I yeah. think
1: we're gonna be welcoming uh Catherine Blood. She's the curator from um the Library of Congress. And so oh. she's gonna come and do a presentation on the thirteenth at, at Big Medium. And it'll be about her collection that she's you know, she's acquired a little bit from Texas. I think uh some of Sam Coronado's work. Yeah. And um she's coming again during our expo to actually acquire some prints from hopefully some local artists but i you know that that presentation is going to be great just to give an overview of of her collection of what their goal is um and also we'll have a panel talk about printmaking culture which is james searles jeffrey dale orna feinstein and margaret uh, craghead from san antonio so not just Catherine bled but local artists who are actually working in prints who are going to be discussing you know how to be artists who work in print how to be um you know what is the culture like today as opposed to maybe a couple of decades ago so i'm interested in that panel i can't wait to um and what what day is that um the the 13th of january it's so close (laughs) oh my god i just like don't even it's like two weeks from now (gasps) i know like there's cards let's promote it (laughs) oh my god everything is like days away I know.
0: and you were saying as far as promoting and passing out uh flyers that uh you could probably use some help with that right
1: yes (laughs) we always need volunteers
0: so how many events like how many events did you have the first year and then how many events do you have this year
2: oh they've stayed about the same we have six i think we have about 60 events um they kind of branch out 60 we've
1: had i think one year like 80 we have the the the
2: print was very small
1: uh, on our yes pictures. i'm like oh my goodness <laughs> so consistently about 60 to yeah. 80 wow and then galleries are coming and going which is you know always but we are happy to see some new faces this year um so about 30 to 40 venues participating which has been great mm-hmm. some new faces
0: so tell me, I guess, yeah, we can get into talking about some of those events and participants, whatever ones come to mind or that you'd like to share.
1: I think, our, you know, as we've worked um, a little bit harder at getting funding from the city and from private sponsors that we have made it our goal to have our own, you know, Print Austin sponsored events, which are, you know, we have five this year. We've, that's been growing every year which has been, it's the panel that we're talking about, the contemporary print um, exhibition, um, the trade portfolio, the expo, the print expo, which now has a steamroller event, which is crazy. And then that invitational, which the print Austin invitational, Lincoln Pen Gallery, has been great about giving us the space and um, just the opportunity to have um, different curators every year sort of – Try something different with their mm-hmm. gallery And last year I curated a show And uh, this year we have Paloma um, I can't say her last name
0: Mayorga yeah. Yeah, I God. actually interviewed her <laughs> a it's couple like, weeks ago Paloma,
1: your last name <laughs> yeah. But we love that she's sort of Bringing diversity to our Invitational um, mm-hmm. exhibition She's invited for artists And um, yeah we're excited to see What she's going to be doing She was a former, she worked with us for all last year which we were sorry to see her leave. Oh yeah, my she's god, <laughs> she's so good.
2: Yeah, but, so the steamroller event and expo are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah tell me about that. So that's February tenth, mm. and so the expo is where I, I just I was mentioning how artists from all, from mostly Texas, we have some from out of state will be coming, and what's, they have tables and they'll be just have their prints all over the tables. People can filter through their work, mm-hmm. uh, talk to the artists. Hopefully, you know, connect and make some purchases. That would be great. Part of our Mm -hmm. mission uh, is to, you know, help artists, you know, sell their work. And then the steamroller event, which is really cool. So people can carve full sheets of plywood, Mm -hmm. and we ink them up, and then roll. We put have a large sheet of paper donated by Arnhem, Arnhem or the Speedball folks. And they, we roll
1: over it with a steamroller. Mm-hmm. So. And we didn't know what we were doing. So we recruited, you know, Jesus Delarosa from Texas. Ants. Yeah, Texas a and K- 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 they yeah. They've sponsored, helped us with the event, and then just helped us organize it. Cause, Renting the steamroller and all that. Yeah, we didn't even <laughs> know the logistics. I'm yeah. like, oh my goodness. So, oh, that was a big deal. So yeah, Jesus he just, was able to organize was awesome. it. awesome. And he's helping us again this year. So a shout-out to Jesus. Um,
0: and the Expo and the Steamroller event are going to be in the same place? or
2: mm, Yes. Bit. So Expo is going to be at Museum of Human Achievement. Okay. And then the Steamroller is going to be on the ground somewhere last year. Last year. Oh, my
3: gosh. We <laughs> kind last year. Of took over.
2: Yeah, there was no wedding from Big Medium here. We just knew that we could have it. But we were thinking, oh, let's just do it like at the on the – I don't, I don't even know what you. I don't it's even in know front of big medium. Yeah, like like, right it, it was so funny. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. so the steamroller. I swear, it sounded like the concrete was going to chip off and fall and oh, fall down. No. Didn't it? <laughs> I, I had no problem finding a volunteer to drive that day, and oh, wow. and they and were having their
1: own event. They were having some Valentines to. Oh yeah, um, they were sure. having some political. Yeah, well we didn't yeah. know. Like yeah, we, we were causing a big ruckus. In front of. Oh, that's funny. Yep,
2: that was, it was a <laughs> that was great that was super fun because people get a chance to see what printmaking is right there on the spot for you know, somebody who doesn't know or as a spectator and it's
1: it's it's such a crazy thing yeah. it's, it's such theatrical. a crazy yeah it it's is. fun for the kids like to see something that big happening and it gives artists like normally you can't work that big because yeah. how are you gonna print it and so yeah and that was fun too so is, it's a pocket steamroller. Just <laughs> oh,
2: okay. It's a tiny one, but it still rumbles. Yeah, It's not like the one you see in. No. And I'm trying not. to think of the movie. Was it.
0: What's that? I mean, like Austin Powers. Yes,
2: yeah, <laughs> Austin Powers. <laughs> we call it the pocket steamroller. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. It's very fun. Yeah. So that's a good event. And I, I think. Did you want to highlight any of, the, any of the other things that are coming up? or Well, I'm most excited about,
1: you know, um, hey, Carlos Hernandez is helps us curate the expo. So he brings in some big, you know, printmakers from all over, mm. which has helped us in the last couple of years. You know, Cannonball Press is huge in New York. Um, some heavy hitters as far as printmakers that, you know wouldn't necessarily come here without his help of mm. you know julia kieran and um tom Huck you know a lot of artists that are coming special to uh sell their work so we're hoping this is a, a great event um that keeps growing we also have that um who's that person that wpa is sponsoring oh phyllis mayor
2: yeah that sounds right yeah, she's from Brooklyn. Yeah,
1: I think she's, that's going to be interesting for her to be um, demoing her plates that she does on. Um,
2: yeah, she does like 3D. She 3D prints plates. Yeah, hmm. that's going to be very interesting. So she's going to have them. This is at the expo. She's going to have a tent set up so that people can kind of see her process. So she's flying down here on her, you know, on her own. <laughs> yeah. And bringing her work to show other printmakers. So that's that's the kind of people that are going to be yeah. at this thing.
0: So it's not just Austin printmakers.
2: Yeah. Right, but uh, yes, yeah, yeah, no it's not, but I, I guess my point was that you've got these people that are oh, just wanting yeah. to show their process I just want to, to share other people are excited about it. Yeah, uh. and I think that's pretty I think that's pretty awesome. And so the printmaking community nationally is quite small. I mean, there are a couple of print um I don't know what you call them. Conferences, mm-hmm. Southern Graphics that happen, and Print Austin is becoming one of those names that get thrown around, which is kind of neat because at the last Southern Graphics, people heard about Print Austin. Mm. <laughs> it's too much pressure. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's kind of it's kind of fun. It's kind of yeah. fun. We, I mean, this has grown beyond my wildest dreams, really. Oh, so. Wow. Hmm.
0: When it started, what did you think it was going to be? Just kind of a low-key affair?
2: Oh, well, I wasn't sure. I mean, I wasn't sure if I would just do it once and go, eh,
1: okay, we tried it. I thought we'd do it once.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> So you did it once, and then what happened? You were like, uh, people were like, "Oh, you got to do that again."
2: Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, luckily, okay. We the, we were given advice like, "Hey, this is a good time of year to do it because galleries are kind of dead, and you may be able to mm-hmm. find mm. galleries that are willing to participate because they don't have anything lined up." You know, the holidays are over; it's before South by, and and so that was great advice to do it the time that we are doing it. That's great advice, and mm-hmm. it was it's Judy. also slow news cycle time and so we got a lot of press i mean i don't want to make it seem like that's the only reason people covered us but yeah that was in our favor for sure Uh and then of course the print community that was already here Mm -hmm. they were like oh my gosh we should have done this a long time ago yeah and so we had a lot of um appreciation from those folks Uh, and it feels good to have someone come up to you and go thank you so much for doing Mm this and um
0: because it made a difference in their career. They were able to sell some of their work or get some exposure. Oh, sure. Or...
2: And we've seen people. I mean, I don't know how much credit we can really give to Pranastin, but we've seen people that have shown work and then got picked up in a gallery somewhere. And I take I take full credit <laughs> for that. <laughs> of but, you know, who knows? But we like to think that we're helping people, you know, get yeah. connected. And because we've seen artists yeah, that have come so. and participated in our events. And then the next year, they're picked up by a gallery here in Austin. So we think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it was nice to have
1: just concentrated efforts, I think, you know, with Flatbed, with Slugfest, with all of the um, printmaking sort of establishments that were already in place. I think the last thing that they can do is sort of promote printmaking, I think, where we sort of bridge that gap was... You know, is the branding, is the sort of messaging through social media, through Facebook, through, you know, printed material. I think that was sort of a missing element in the community that they were doing everything right. Um, but you sort of need this external sort of machine, mm. which is us kind right. of sending out that messaging, saying that this is a community of printmakers, not just the single entity of gallery or workshop or whatever was happening at the time. But I think that we were... A real force in in sort of making this event, collaborating all these different galleries and studios together. Um, because I don't think you know, from with their day to day work, could could have that sort of time to 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 do all this. I mean, we have so many like um, efforts to sort yeah. of promote their events. Right.
2: And then that first year, we had Judy from Gallery Shill Creek calling mm-hmm. people, saying, you better participate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that didn't hurt Matt. She matters. was our muscle. And then yeah. Ken Hale took you, Elvia, to the Contemporary. I know. And I was saying, hey, y'all, they didn't participate that year, but they eventually did, which yes. was, so was cool. Oh,
0: right. um, We had
1: a lot um, of support. Some, yeah, we've had a lot of cheerleaders.
0: So. Anyone else you want to mention?
1: <laughs> Catherine Brimberry from yeah. Flatbed, I think, was just open to anything. I think I just loved her enthusiasm for just you know, you want to try this, you know, they did their contemporary um, print fair the first couple years, which we've sort of transitioned into our expo, but I I like their openness to help us with, you know, and she's coordinated this thing with uh, Catherine Blood from the the Library of Congress, so Mm. she is kind of a low-key manager in the back who who helps us quietly, um, which has been nice, and just... You know, the draw of flatbed has helped. I mean, they have a lot of stature in the print community that um, has helped us. Anybody else? A lot of husbands and... Yeah. <laughs> a lot of husbands doing a lot of work. Yeah, and family. Well, there's
0: a there's a list of people on your website, like Annalise Gradovich and mm-hmm. uh, NJ. Um, Our board members. Whichever. Your board members, yeah. Yes. Tell me yeah. about your board members.
2: Well, our goal was to become – well, I don't know what our goal was initially. We were just kind of figuring our way through things. But we – like Ken Hale and Judy from Gallery Hill Creek. I mean, mm-hmm. we had – and Kathy from, from Flatbed. We had a list of folks that were helpful that Sandra. could have been like a board of directors, really. But mm-hmm. they were our advisors, I guess. And um, Sandra. Brand yes, that's right. And Sandra. Sits left. Yeah. And so we knew we, ne- we needed – that that support was was good. We needed to continue trying to find people that were not only willing to help volunteer, but could you know offer us some advice on the direction that we needed to go in. Objectivity, I think, yeah. that is always helpful. So because sometimes
1: we're t- close to the event,
2: and their their help will really kick in during print Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, so and they've, so they so yeah they're 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 great and they're and they're they're connected and they. Are worker bees, and they do, they do all that stuff.
1: Like, Annalise helps me with the contemporary print. She's the gallery director at Flatbed Press mm-hmm. now, so she helps me with just setting things up there. And then Brian Johnson, he helps with the steamroller event when during the expo. And and, and you Jay's, probably
0: teach together, right?
1: We do teach together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was, um, it's funny, because we seem like the same age now, but Brian was the graduate student when I was an undergrad at... Uh, Ut and so he was our the lab tech there and he was a ta and i well now he's doing my undergraduate work and now we teach together he teaches um at texas state too for about close to 20 years
0: and nj weaver
1: nj's has a studio at flatbed and um Next WPA member? Yeah, I think she's. Yeah, I think she's still a member. So
2: yeah, we've. She's. She's great. She helps us. She's going to be helping us with our brochure distribution. Mm -hmm. Uh, She kind of fills in when we um, have things that need to be done. She's always willing to help. We're not very good about asking for help, which is part of the part of the
1: problem. It's hard because it's during the holidays, and you kind of like, well, I can show someone how to do it, or I can just do it, right? uh, Get that mom mood.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So we have some of that. but we're getting better about, you know, hiring people for sure because mm. we want people to get, you know, paid. And mm. so um, we usually give our volunteers T-shirts or some some kind of a thank you.
0: How far ahead of time are you starting to plan this? Like, how Wait. long have you been planning this one?
1: It's strange. Like, I I start printing, I start planning the contemporary print in summer. So it, it almost starts as soon as it stops. Oh, it's wow. weird because you need to find a juror. You need to. Sort of get everything coordinated. Um, it starts almost immediately, even though we're kind of low key and you kind of push it to the side. But um, it's the organization is through summer.
2: Yeah, it starts early, and it then starts early. We're sending out reminders. Don't forget that the deadline to register. You mm, know, yeah, and so we're we're kind of you know, and then we redid our website, um, a new registration process. So. You know, I was working with a web designer on that, trying to get it up by September one. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's there's things that are happening for mm-hmm. sure. And then, of course, we have to do the end of cycle reporting for the city of city of Austin funding. Mm, yeah. So, and that's that'll happen. So even though Print austin will have ended February fifteenth, I'll be yeah doing I'll be doing all I want to do is stop at that point yeah. and not really <laughs> do anything because by the time February 15th rolls around. I mean, my family is sick of having Cheerios for dinner. I mean, because I go out. I want to participate <laughs> in these things. and they're, Yeah. And,
0: it's like a month straight. You're just
2: yeah, out so at I'm all gone. these events. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to do the reporting. You're like, no. But we have a bookkeeper now. I mean, so at the beginning, we didn't have any of this stuff. We were yeah. Excel know, sheets. and kind of, were Right. But now we have hired people to do it, which yeah. is great. So it's taken off some of the burden. We're getting better about you know distributing the work
0: mm-hmm. yeah i'm sure it gets to a point where it's just so much you just can't do it and you just have to ask for help right i
2: mean right well you know and there's some skills that i have that other or that i don't have that other people have like copy yeah. editing is not my forte now i did do the you know the graphic design here yeah so that comes in handy but um we had we hired somebody to do the editing mm-hmm.
1: so that's you know
2: that's good.
0: very cool
1: try to hire one or two people every cycle which has been helpful it's not consistent but it's nice to keep people connected beyond us so yeah i mean that's our
2: we we pay everybody on our board i mean it's it's not very much but yeah we try and you know we want everybody to the, the only way that this can really be sustainable is if we are paying people. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I wouldn't want to do this for very long without being paid. I mean, our first year was, yeah, nobody got paid. Yeah, so it was it's um, hard, especially if you're starting in January and your husband's like, "What are you doing?
1: You're not making that, any money." <laughs> that first year was really a lot of arguments, like hundreds of hours, because you were yeah. working 60, 80 hours a week. Just, I mean, it was non-stop of mm-hmm. just emailing, computer work, of just, yeah, it was pretty. Intense that first year, and then to justify it uh, because you weren't getting paid, you just were waiting for a payoff uh, sometime in the future. It was hard to justify. Yeah. That's getting better. Yeah, we're getting city funding.
2: We have sponsors now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I think it's paying off. And you're
0: still enjoying it because you're still doing it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We, Elvi, and I don't talk to each other like after Pranass and we're like, (laughs) there's no
1: communication. (laughs) No. Blocking my my text. (laughs) I was like, do not not text me.
0: So I'm wondering like someone that's never participated in Print Austin or been to any events, like how do they how do how do you suggest someone kind of figure out how you know, how do I go to sixty events? Like whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, Jeez. And just go to the website and look through them all and see what's looks interesting or
2: yeah i mean the website is a good place to start but our brochures are really yeah valuable because it has everything laid out and well to me i'm a you know i like to have tangible tangible things yeah (laughs) but you can take it with you you can circle
1: what you want. Um, Everything's highlighted. You know, the purples are the artist talks. The blues are the special events. The reds are the exhibitions. And then Kathy's done a great job of sort of organizing everything by opening date. So you've got five openings at night. Maybe you can go tag team them all in one day, which mm-hmm. is kind of nice. Um, maybe doing demonstration like once a month. Um, it's hard because there's a lot of events happening you know, at the same time. And you kind of want to go to everything, but you can't. Yeah. <laughs> so.
2: Where will
0: the brochures <laughs> be available?
2: They're going to be at a participating galleries. And so I guess suppose, if, you know, if someone doesn't know where to start, mm-hmm. the flatbed building would be a great place because all those folks are. Um, there, there'll be some here at Canopy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I, some, several of the libraries will have them, but yeah. I'd hate to steer somebody at a library that may not have them. So I think our website is probably the best place to start, org, And then uh we we were expecting like a lot of the first events like we'll be bringing stacks of brochures there cuz it's possible that someone won't get one until that first event. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, that first event, you know, the panels happening on the 13th, but the main event um happening on the 19th here at the canopy is going to be great because it's not just Um, Modern Rocks is featuring Carlos Hernandez and the amazing Hancock Brothers. Um, The Canopy is doing their opening. Art Science Gallery is doing their opening. And then we're having our Print Austin Trade Portfolio fundraiser Mm. in in Vino. So that'll be a great night to sort of um, learn what's happening at the Canopy, but also pick up a brochure. We're going to have cards to the Expo um, so that this can be like a starting point to the event Mm -hmm. on the 19th. And
0: the expo's on February 10th.
1: February 10th. That first event, though. It's going to be a long night. <laughs> These canopy events like last until
2: till till 10. Long. Yeah, I know. It's long. It's late. It's
1: late.
0: It's late. Huh? Well,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
0: guess if you start probably at 6 in the morning, right? Yeah, right well,
2: ahead. not that, but yeah. It seems like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what other events are either one of you super excited personally to kind of
2: Oh, i'm excited about the event at prizer gallery yeah, yeah let me see party. that's yeah january oh man it's the same day as our oh, no, thing i'll have, have to go to print austin's opening for the contemporary um print and then run over to their place because they're open until nine our event closes at eight so i'll be yeah
1: packing but up con- exhibition over there. There. i know but their
2: so <laughs> exhibition what's, what will is be... that prizer event Oh well, they have. They just have some interesting artists. We've had Anne Soul Sister Johnson. She participated a couple years ago. At uh, she did an artist talk at uh, Women in Their Work, uh, and I love her um, work. She prints on unique materials, leaves, leaves. and feathers, and mm. it's just mm. kind of it's interesting it's photographic work. It's really interesting. Yeah, but uh, we put another artist, Alita Martin. Her picture, her one of her uh, prints is in our brochure. Mm-hmm.
1: So i'm interested in her work i'd love to see him up close i'm most excited about that miss i'm not going to re- pronounce it right but the Miss remembrance
2: at Slugfest. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. silas um
1: was uh an artist for our contemporary print i think last year and she's doing some beautiful sculptural uh wrapped uh prints that are three-dimensional and i'm mm. so excited curious to see wow. if how the paper's being wrapped, how it's attached, and then how visually they're going to connect to one another. So that's a show I'm going to be excited about. It's also showing right around the corner Mm -hmm. at Slugfest Mm -hmm. on the 20th. And what is Slugfest?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know, I've heard that name for years. Slugfest uh,
1: Workshop and Gallery. It's uh, Margie Simpson and uh, Tom Drucker, who are former UT professors who have retired but have... um, had their own shop there for as long as Flatbed. They mm. used to be combined Flatbed and Slugfest, but they used to be partners who kind of went off on their own, and they owned that building right around the corner from Flatbed Press, and they have more of a co-op. They're not truly publishing professionally. I think they kind of rent out time to support their shop. Is that true? Right, yes, and it's
2: very affordable. Um, if you're doing, like a like, I've called them up before and said, hey, I need to mm-hmm. I have this event... And they've given me a great price to use their space for
1: that day. I mean, they're just so supportive. They've got great facilities. uh, Litho presses, etching presses, and then they've got a small gallery on the side. And the whole little building's nice because it has a workshop in the back, but then the side is um, an artist gallery with a little sort of um, garden in the center, which Mm -hmm. is kind of nice.
2: Yeah, so you can, as as a printmaker, you can rent... Like, like like a gym membership, but they want you to pay six months in a, at a time. That's so reasonable. you've got to really commit.
0: Yeah. I guess if someone was interested in getting into printmaking, they'd be maybe taking some classes at ACC. They might check out Flatbid. They might check out Slugfest. What else?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The Contemporary. Yeah, the Contemporary has oh. some great workshops.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I didn't mm-hmm. know that. At Laguna Gloria. Laguna is a great facility, oh. too. It's kind of indoor-outdoor. I like that space. They do beginner stuff like lino cuts and screen
2: printing. Yep. And then ASPCO is a cooperative screen printing guild. And they um, have an event sometime during Print Austin. I think it's in February sometime, February 3rd. And so if somebody was interested in screen printing, let's say they took a class at Laguna Gloria and then... They went over and checked up a checked out ASPCO. They might say, "Oh wow, I think I want to do a subscription here." Same kind of mm. deal as what House Slugfest works. Um, and then there we have letterpress mm-hmm. workshops at Punch Press and Austin, Austin Book Arts. Book Arts. Art so yeah, there's They're having
1: a solar plate etching at the Contemporary Austin. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> <I> re- <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I
0: definitely <laughs> want to see that. So, do you think there are enough options for the? The needs of everyone that wants to learn printmaking? Are there enough, or do you wish there were more oh, resources? Oh, I don't know.
2: I guess there's no etching workshop, is
1: there? I know. What's I up think, with that? <coughs> I think it's a harder it's harder uh, process. I think people tend to uh, teach things that are accessible on a weekend. I think for etching, I used to teach you know, two-day weekends um, for etching, but um, I think for these type of events tend to uh gear towards linocut screen printing things that are accessible
0: mhm
1: we could teach etching we could yeah. yeah i'll let you do that <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, what are you most looking forward to when this is all said and done this year? Just
2: yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's pretty exciting when we start talking about well, who do we want our juror to be next time around? We, we kind of yeah. do start talking about that before Pernosson's oh, over. Okay, so we'll just be throwing then, around ideas. Elvia's great; she's like I said, she's connected, and so she comes up with ideas and pursues them. She's she's
1: behind the Contemporary Print our Jury Show. It is um, kind of my baby. I we this is the first year we've gone international like um last year um we sort of tried to add something to our events every year and this year uh, expanding our contemporary print show to international artists with an international juror who is uh, Dr. Paul Laidler from um the Center of Research um a print in the UK um mm. i'm curious you know how it's going to look how <laughs> it's going to be different he's got such a fresh eye um, very digital-based, and so I'm I'm curious to how the show's going to look, you know, apart from just seeing the printouts, um, sizing, visual, just connection to all the work.
0: Um, so this was something that people could submit their work to and to be mm-hmm. jurored? Right. Okay.
1: And we have had a, a different juror every year, first year having three jurors, and then we toned that down to one juror. And Dr. Paul Laidler is having a... Um, group show at the vac he's curated an exhibition that's a traveling show and so this is the first time the vac at ut is participating the area head jason urban just suggested him being a part of our um exhibition show our juried show and i looked at his work and i thought it was great very different from our other jurors um kind of has a um a different eye. So I'm very curious how the show's going to be put together, how it's going to be received in Austin, especially in a place like Flatbed, where there's a traditional setting, and this is going to be very different, um, almost whimsical, youthful, and so I'll be curious to get feedback. And we'll get it. We tend to get oh <laughs> yeah unsolicited uh, advice and feedback. In almost. person or text oh, messages? Yes. Or <laughs> in person. We got some last year. So it's it's fun to get that advice, and um, but I think it's it's good to get voices from not just our community. And so the work may look different. We kind of it is curious that he chose uh, uh, He chose six Texas artists, even though you can't see that from oh. he's he's from a computer screen. He's drawing from a blind, just uh, visual yeah. perspective. So I, I am going to ask him why he chose that art. It's so curious. Yeah. Um, that and it was kind of fun seeing people six, that we knew. I know it was like six Texas artists That's from cool. somebody from the mm. UK, different um, areas. Um, but that is very curious. You know how why he thought that was contemporary and fresh. Um, so I'll be excited to talk to him. His exhibition is opening on the January twenty sixth, and so he'll come and see the show hopefully that day.
0: And that'll be where?
1: Um, Our contemporary print shows at O2 Space at Flatbed, opening on the 20th, and then um, I think it's Press Play, um, Press Print at the VAC on the 26th.
0: It's a visual arts center, right? It's a
1: visual arts center. Yeah, just Press Print. It's going to be exciting. It's exploring uh, digital technology and the influence on... Printmaking practices.
0: So, I mean, is there any end in sight for Print Austin? I mean, what drives what drives the two of you to continue? Like, why?
2: Every year, is like, mm-hmm. never again. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But <laughs> then
0: you get over that, and then what? I guess why it's are
1: like childbirth. It? <laughs> I wouldn't know. It's like it's a lot like childbirth. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just have a dog. <laughs> uh, why yeah. are you
0: passionate about it? Why? What drives you to keep doing it?
2: I don't know. I have to admit that it's been fun when you, we go to events like the contemporary print and we have artists that come up and say, oh, you're, you are part of this or, and they're just so excited. They're just so thankful. They're so appreciative, really. Yeah. Um, that feels kind of good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I've got a lot of, I get a lot of satisfaction just personally um, seeing the attendance numbers go up and seeing people engaged with the work. The fact that people keep resubmitting, galleries c- come back year after year, or, for instance, when I send somebody, I w- women in their work, I sent them a, an email, hey, just checking to see if you're interested. And they're like, oh, yeah, we plan to participate. And so, you know, just
1: that, that's a it. boost. You know, that feels good. Um, I and think selfish reasons. I just want to see good work. You know, we don't get to travel that much. I'm constantly teaching or working, and I think it's exciting for these um these works to come to our town i think it's also amazing to promote work that maybe would not be in galleries to begin with and i'm sure
0: it enhances your own work and your (laughs) teaching to see all these diverse
1: definitely i think it's been a great teaching tool to not just say you know it's strange to be teaching in an academic setting but the students get to go and to the Blanton or to uh, the galleries and see contemporary work from other states or other cities. Um, there's nothing that can beat that to to show the possibilities of print to a student instead of just you know the rules of printmaking that you have to teach in academia. It's like going out and seeing the possibilities is pretty amazing. Um, for that one month, hopefully they'll go. Um,
2: yeah. Last year I met this guy from Kansas City. He participated in our trade. And he told me that he and his wife uh, a couple of years ago uh, you know was you know below zero, and they're like, let's get out of here. Let's just drive to Austin. So they drove to Austin, and Print Austin happened to be going on yeah. by a fluke, and he is a printmaker. He couldn't believe it. He was like, wow, this is so cool. And so he has driven down every year to see yeah. Print Austin. It was the first time I had met him. He participated in our trade, like I said. And so I couldn't believe that he had been coming all the way down from kansas city every year that was pretty cool and then we had an artist i can't remember his name he was in our contemporary print, print show mm-hmm. he drove from arizona and he brought his whole family and several other family members from other states came because this was his first exhibit oh, and that wow. is pretty exciting that's pretty exciting and yeah. you know it's neat seeing him he was going around meeting the gallery owners at that <laughs> complex it's great to see those connections happen you know i yeah. feel like we are helping his career somehow,
1: you know. Um, It feels good.
0: Lots of people's careers, I'm sure. Mm
1: -hmm. I got gallery representation this past year for the first time. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I don't think it could have happened without Pern Austin and Kathy. Oh.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, thanks to both of you for all your hard work over the last five years, and I'm super excited to see everything this year and go to all the events that i can and i think everyone else should too
2: great yeah i hope that uh we can get canopy open on the days that canopy is doing stuff uh and stuff it'd be great to have
0: oh
3: yeah other
2: artists available and even if they're not showing prints you know they have we could we could piggyback off each other's you know promotion it'd be great
0: yeah we'll support each other
1: i know fingers crossed for good weather Oh, she (laughs) sounds like I'm really hoping for great weather.
0: Okay. No, it'll be great. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider sharing it with anyone that you think might get value from it. And also, consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Be sure to check out the links in the show notes at the bottom of the webpage for each episode, or also by tapping the square Austin Art Talk logo graphic on your phone within the podcast app to discover more info related to my guests, their work, and many of the things we mention and talk about in the episode. Please don't hesitate to share any feedback so that I can continue to improve what I'm creating and make it more useful to you. Thanks again for your time, and take care.